Broadcasting live from the RNR studios in Las Vegas, Nevada. It's the premier destination for an inside look into the Las Vegas Raiders. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor. Presented by Tequila Embajador. What is good, Raider Nation? Welcome back to Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. It is a Wednesday and a big Wednesday at that. I was out at Raiders uh, practice today, their joint practice with the Los Angeles Rams in cool, beautiful uh, Thousand Oaks, California. Beautiful. I say beautiful. It was cloudy. It was overcast. There were It was misty. It rained a little bit, and it was heaven Sent when I tell you it felt good compared to the weather that we've had uh, in, in in Las Vegas uh, for the last month, two months or so. Uh, I'm pretty sure you know what I mean, and and I know the Raiders felt the same way. It was a breath of fresh air for them. It showed. Uh, the Raiders got off the bus today, literally got off the bus. Uh, you had three, four big buses rolling in from their, their hotel over to the Raider or the Browns facility in Thousand Oaks. Uh, the Raiders got off the bus fully padded ready to get after it, and that's exactly what they did. Uh, I'm not speaking out of school. The Rams, won, the Raiders won today's joint practice uh, against the Rams, both offensively and defensively, and specifically that defense got after it against a really good Rams offense, uh, picking off Matthew Stafford four times, two by Trayvon Morg. It wasn't just mistakes that the Rams were making. Uh, the Raiders' defensive line was uh, creating pressure. Uh, there were at least three sacks that I saw. The Raiders' defensive line was getting behind the line of scrimmage and making plays behind the line of scrimmage. Uh, the Rams, the Raiders' secondary was where it needed to be, uh, i.e. that's why they were able to come up with the picks that they did. Uh, it was just a really good, strong day and another step in the right direction for this young Raiders team that, and I was talking to some Rams people that know, that put together their own teams. And they were pretty darned uh, impressed. Uh, without further ado, I want to welcome in our great uh, co-host, Lincoln Kennedy, who is now back in action with us here uh, in the huddle. Lincoln, welcome. And uh, I know you weren't here, but I was thinking about you because <laughs> without question, there were some skirmishes. And of it was course. Good. And it was of exciting course. and it was a lot of fun. And as Max Crosby told me today, yeah, man, you can get your punches in in situations like this. And I, and I, and I said to him, I go, are you saying... There's no fines involved. Exactly. There's no <laughs> fines. You don't get kicked out of the game. Uh, you want to throw some punches, you know, get a little extracurricular activity going. Uh, you're allowed to do it. You're not going to show up uh, to work the next day with a big old envelope sitting on your uh, at, at your chair at your locker telling you that the NFL just fined you 20 grand or something like that, which is often the case. And what happens usually when you get into a fight or get kicked out of the game? Uh, none of that today. Uh, and they definitely got after it, Lincoln, but it was pretty cool. Well, first of all, good to be with you, Vinny. Um, and I'm glad you're enjoying yourself out in L.A. You're back in your old stomping ground. So yes. I know you're you're feeling good. And, and the weather it always helps when you get away from oh, a yeah. little bit of that heat. But you know what? Here's a great thing. I, 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 re, I recall, you know, back in the day when, when we used to practice against – or football for me was a stress reliever. So anytime I could get, you know, my stress out, I would take it out at practice or games and stuff like that. And when you're able to practice against another team after going through, you know, two-a-days or, you know, training camp, uh, whatever variation it is, and – as well as the the you know the OTAs and the mini camps and everything, it's good to be able to take out your aggressions on someone else. So this is a this is a great thing for the team. And I know you, as you talked about earlier, and you mentioned it was it looked like a productive day. They they showed up to play and do do the damn thing well. Yeah, and and here's the thing, Lincoln, and I'm I'm getting a sense of this about this team. Um, number one, they like to compete and they like football. You could tell uh, that this team 
is built with a bunch of dudes that that like this sport, that like all aspects of this sport, and they they do love to get out there and compete, even in practice settings. I've been there every day uh, in Henderson, and it's hot as you know what. Uh, but they hit the ground running every day. I haven't seen yeah. There's been a sloppy some sloppy period here or there. That's going to happen. Uh, but there 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 hasn't been a day where you're just scratching your head, going, "Oh boy, it's one of those days." You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Where everything just seems everyone seems to be stuck in mud, and you know there's there's sloppiness, and guys are are jumping off sides or missing assignments. Um, th- there hasn't been any of that with this group, uh, and I'm I'm being straight up honest about that. And today was kind of a continuation of the work ethic that they've established uh, back home in, in Las Vegas. And the other part about it is their comp, their 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 um, the, the the like that they have for competing showed because when they got off the bus today, it felt like I could feel their energy, and they wanted to go prove a point uh, to the Rams. It didn't have to be the Rams; it could have been anybody else. It was just somebody in a different jersey that they wanted to show. Uh, what they were all about. And I mean this because I'm getting the sense, uh, uh, Lincoln, that the players on this team are tired of being talked down about um, simply because they're on the Raiders team, a Raiders team that hasn't had much success, you know, these last few years. And if you really want to be honest about it, no sustained success for a while now. I don't think I get the sense that the guys that make up this team are tired of all that and they're ready and they're confident about this. This is the other part about it. They're confident about changing that narrative and getting everybody off their back as a result. Well, I mean, that could very well be. You know, this is still a young team for the most part, um, and there's still a lot of guys that have got something to prove. I mean, when you go down the list, where do, you, you you could start with anyone. I mean, Andre James, you know, Alex Leatherwood, just talking on on the offensive line. You got Brian Edwards. You know, you got guys who want to prove some. Derek Carr wants to prove that he's a winner. You know what I mean? And that he he's right. He belongs here. Henry Ruggs. That's just on offense. Same thing goes for defense. So I could get that what you're referring to. You know, tired of hearing the talk and tired of hearing you know putting comparison of everyone else. But you still have to go out and do it. So it's good to have that type of energy where we are right now, especially when you're practicing against a, a, a highly regarded team in the, in the Los Angeles Rams. And when you play them, we'll see if they, that effort continues. But I, I like all the things that you're speaking. You're saying all the right things at the early part of the season. That's the way it should be. You, do, you should play with a chip on your shoulder. I was standing um, with a Rams, uh, I guess, I'll just say decision maker, somebody that, that's up there in the front office. And um, uh, that person and I, two years ago, in 2019, uh, when I was covering the Rams, the Rams went up to Napa Valley to practice against the Raiders and ahead of their preseason game against the Raiders over at the Oakland Coliseum. All right. This was two years ago. John Gruden's second season. It was the rookie year for Josh uh, Jacobs and Max Crosby and Cleve Farrell. Okay. Um, so it was the very kind of the very beginning of the whole reshaping of this roster. Okay. When we went up there, uh, Lincoln, I don't want to say that people were laughing at the Raiders um, uh, roster at that point, but there was a lot of, oh boy. Um, this is from the other other team's perspective. Mm-hmm. This is going to take a little while. This is going to take John Gruden a little while to get this thing you know, squared away. All right? Same people today. This looks a lot different than it did two years ago. And one of the themes that, that I was getting, especially – uh, defensively, as we were watching the defense really kind of manhandle the Rams offense. I know it was just a practice and you got to keep that in perspective, but nevertheless, it was a strong day for that defense. 
And uh, the feedback that I was getting is these guys are playing like they believe Lincoln, like they understand what they're supposed to do and they believe and they have confidence. And so many, so it's just, that's so important in, in anything that you do in life. But when you're playing football and you know, you're playing without that confidence or without that belief in what you're being asked to do, you're not going to be flying around playing instinctual football and effective football uh, the way you're expected, because you just don't, you can, you're, you're going to play how you feel. And it, it just looks like there's a belief, a new belief right now that's building with this young defense. Well, I, and I, I'm glad to hear that. You know, the thing is, is for this, from the stuff that I have read since Gus, Gus Bradley has arrived, that guys are buying into. They're believing in the system. They understand what he's trying to coach, and they're feeling good about themselves rather than the, the amount of confusion that was on defense over the last couple of years. So, I mean, that's that's a promising note that you're making right there. And as I said, you know, when I look at this roster, especially on the defensive side, and we just talked about a moment ago about, you know, guys having something to prove, I'm, I want guys to fly around. I want guys to want to make plays. I want guys to want to be a difference maker. You mentioned Max Crosby earlier. Well, Max had a chance to talk with him after last season. He was a little frustrated because he didn't have the type of production he had in his rookie year. Understandably so. When people start looking at you and focusing on you, they're going to try to take you away. They're going to, they're going to make notes to double-team you or slide the protection that way. If you're a difference maker, just like they do to Aaron Donald and all the other great defenders are, are in the National Football League. So that's, you know, that, that leaves opportunities for others to make plays. And that's going to have to be the difference maker on this defense. You know, if, if whether I don't care who it is, you know, whether it's Ndokwe, whether it's, you know, Quentin Jefferson. I mean, you go down the list, whoever stays on this roster, there, there are going to be plays to be made on defense and there are going to be times a lot of opportunities for these guys to shine because this offense is a ball control offense as you know but there are times where the defense has got to go out there and make plays and they're going to have to do it a lot this season yeah um uh, interesting uh, little story that uh, that came out of today um you know we knew that and it'll probably happen again tomorrow but we knew that at some point um, Alex Leatherwood was going to look across the line of scrimmage, and guess what? Number 99 was going to be nose-to-nose with him. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's exactly what happened today, all right? So Alex Leatherwood lines up, right tackle, looks across the line of scrimmage, and there's Aaron Donald, uh, the cream of the crop, the best defensive lineman in the game today. Arguably a top three, uh, three-technique defensive uh, you know, uh, tackle yeah. to ever play the game. I'm just going to say it. I'm going to throw it out there. That guy is just tremendous, right? So... Normally in a game, uh, if that's the case, and you have any uncertainties uh, as as the quarterback, you're going to slide everything over to help your young tackle against a guy like Aaron Donald. Well, the beauty of today, the type of situation that, w- that was today, is Derek Carr was like, you know what? I want to see what Big 70's got. <laughs> Let's see what he's all about. So he slid everything to the opposite direction and gave Alex Leatherwood a chance to go nose to nose one on one with Aaron Donald, and he held his own. Uh, he made the plot. Obviously, Derek Carr lived to see another play, so uh, <laughs> so he kept him off his back uh, as well. Uh, but I thought it was, you know, and, and, and Derek talked about it afterwards. He's like, "Hey, probably not the nicest thing for me to do to Alex, but today is a type of day where why not? Let's give that a shot and let's see what Alex Leatherwood is all about." Well, look, there's two things that I take from that. One, Derek has to be aware, especially when he's playing against great defenders, where they are on the field. So he has to know because, you know, sacks aren't just given up by, you know, guys getting beat, cleanly beat. 
Sometimes you're giving up a hold on the damn ball too long by the quarterback yeah. or receivers not right. getting open. So, you know, this is a teamwork effort. If you take it, take notice to the best defender where he's at in the field, you better believe that Derek's going to get rid of the ball quick and not try to hold on. But that's also a good sign of confidence booster. I, I had a chance to talk with Alex after he got drafted, and I, I think highly of the young man. And I told you yep. time and time again, I think the, the world of him, the fact that he walked in uh, on the off the field, off the plane from Alabama to, to walk into the, the Raiders, uh, Raiders headquarters, and he's the starting right tackle, bodes a lot, especially as a rookie. So, you know, I'm, I'm glad that he was tested and he passed the test. Yeah, he did, and uh, you know there were a couple of moments, but it, there were there was there was a moment where um, it looked like he got beat, you know, uh, and, and it either was a misassignment or a miscommunication because he turned left and uh, a, a, a rush edge flew right by him. Uh, it would have been a sack on Derek Carr, but you know it's hard to, where we sit uh, in terms of I don't know what the call was, I don't know what the protection was, I don't know what was going on from the center to the tackle or Derek Carr. Um, so I can't sit here and say, yeah, that was on um, Alex Leatherwood. I learned a long time ago that sometimes when you make those kind of proclamations, you find out pretty quickly, no, dude, that's not that's absolutely not what happened. And so I respect that part of it. So, you know, uh, I won't say that it was on him. But, you know, there's going to be ups and downs. There's going to be, um, uh, you know, things that he's going to learn. But for the most part, uh, and that's a pretty good Rams defense. Uh, and I was watching Alex Leatherwood. I thought he played really well for you know uh, for a first day against that quality uh, of an of an opponent. And I got to say too, uh, Lincoln, the more I watch this Raiders defensive line, the more um I firmly believe they're doing their young offensive line a good service as well because there's some talent on that Raiders defensive line. I know that it's it still has to happen on the grass when the season starts, but this defensive line from top to bottom just looks completely different than it did uh, last year. So um, let's not lose sight of the fact that guys like Unique and Gakwe are getting uh, guys like Alex Leatherwood whipped into shape uh, as well. So every day that they're facing each other, uh, it helps that offensive line. So I'm, I'm, I'm gaining more respect for that Raiders defensive line. We'll see if it translates uh, into wins. We're going to go out to the Raider Nation listener line. Raider 27 wants to talk about the Raiders. How you doing, Raider 27? Hey, Vinny. And, What's up, man? Uh, Lincoln. Yo. Um, quick comment for Lincoln. I've been looking for uh, a Raider jersey. I'm going to buy a new one. And, I, man, it's been between several players. But I, I think it's going to be a Lincoln Kennedy if I can find <laughs> one. <laughs> if I buy two of them, is there any way you would be at uh, Vinny's uh, pregame uh, pre the day before tailgate? So I can get a sign. I'll be around. You'll just have to communicate till we get to that point. But you know, here's the thing that I played almost 20 years ago. You got to get a custom made Kennedy jersey. They don't. There's another person wearing 72 these days, anyway. So good luck on finding that. 72. There's only one 72. Well, I, I do know that, but I'm just saying there's another one wearing it. I'm just. <laughs> so, um, Benny, your uh, your tweet, your Twitter feed has been amazing. I've been on it all day. Um, I actually got nothing done today. <laughs> Tell your boss I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I have. Uh, um, I wondered about Brian Edwards. I didn't hear his name mentioned, and I'd like to know how our offensive line held up and how our defensive line held up. Well, um, last to first, I think your defensive line held up more than uh, well. Um, number one, uh, they were getting pass rush. They they're winning battles. 
They were creating pressure on Matthew Stafford. Uh, that's part of the reason why he threw four uh, interceptions today. They were also holding up well against the run, and, and and Lincoln knows this. I know that there's no tackling right now, right? Um, but guys were getting after it, and it was it was high intensity. There was a lot of you know what talking on the sidelines. It was totally jacked up, and and in a lot of ways, it's it wasn't an NFL game, uh, but but guys were competing without question. Uh, that's why there were so many skirmishes. That's why there was a lot of roaring coming from the sidelines. Uh, this this was a, a meaningful day for a lot of players. So. The fact that guys are making plays behind the line of scrimmage to stop runs before they even got to the line of scrimmage um, shows you what was going on with that defensive line today. Uh, uh, as far as the offensive line, uh, I would say that there were a couple of sacks that were given up that I saw uh, that would have been sacks. Of course, you can't hit the quarterback, uh, but a couple of times where it would have probably ended up being a sack. But for the most part, um, Derek Carr had time to throw, and uh, he did some damage specifically to – Hunter Renfro, um, who turned Jalen Ramsey around a couple of times. Uh, Hunter Renfro had a strong day against Jalen Ramsey, kind of much to the chagrin uh, of Jalen. He's a good dude. I know, uh, having covered him, uh, there's a lot of bravado and a, and a lot of all that uh, in personality. But at, at his core, he's a good dude. He just likes to compete, and he has a certain way of competing, and he comes after you, and he's talking, and that's just the deal. Uh, Hunter Renfro let it go in one ear and out the other, and... Uh, there were at least two or three times where he just got the best of Jalen Ramsey straight out. Um, Brian Edwards, I didn't really see too much of Brian Edwards today. Caught a couple of balls uh, that I'm trying to trace back through my mind, um, but nothing that really necessarily uh, stood out. Henry Ruggs uh, bounced back from a couple of drop balls and a couple of choice words from John Gruden that we can clear clearly hear <laughs> what he was saying uh, to Henry. And uh, Henry... You know, took the, took took the advice, whatever you want to call it, uh, but finished strongly at a, a nice long ball from. Uh, hey, Vinny, from, uh, real quick, yeah. you were you were speaking. How has Brian Edwards been in camp? I heard I read some stuff where he had he was having a pretty good camp, a pretty solid solid camp so far. Yeah, he definitely uh, has been, and uh, there's there were there's been a couple of days where you know there was one day in particular I should say where a couple of balls uh, went off his hands that he should have come down with the catch, but. Mm -hmm. Even in that situation, the very next day he came back with a strong, uh, a, a strong effort. So um, you know the 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 trust factor, the chemistry factor between he and and Derek Carr uh, is still developing. But I would expect that you know to to continue to develop and move in the right direction. Lincoln, you know, um, having been around professional football, when you look at Henry Ruggs and you look at Brian Edwards, both of those players got hurt yeah. really early last yeah. year. And you know, in the NFL, professional sports. Uh, get hurt and you got to get go over there on the sideline for a little while that train keeps rolling down the tracks right. it's not stopping or slowing down for you and even when you catch back up to it after you get healthy uh there's still catch up to be due you know you're, you're probably not 100 percent. i don't think anyone any either of those two players really were 100 percent after the two leg injuries that they suffered early in the season but also you're trying to catch up mentally because uh, things change all the time uh, in for an nfl team there's new plays there's, there's different concepts. Everything is evolving uh, in an NFL season. But then all of the, in addition to all of that, while you're gone, you know, hey, Derek Carr's developing a chemistry uh, with Nelson Aguilar and more time for Darren Waller and other wide receivers. So now you got to fit in somehow, too. You can't, you know, it's not like Darren Waller, when he leaves, when he comes back in, he just steps right in. That's 83. You know the ball's going to be going to him. But if you're a rookie, 
when you step back in, you still got to now work your way back in. Uh, and that's hard to do as well. So, you know, Lincoln, that was a tough rookie year for both of those players from that perspective, trying to make their mark but getting hurt and kind of playing catch-up as the year went on. Well, there's a learning curve for receivers, and we talked about it last year. When everybody yeah. was making mention, well, how come we're not getting the ball more to rugs and stuff like that? I was like, they were making the effort to do it. Even Brian Edwards was in the game. They were making the effort to get him the ball thrown his way. Um, but it, you know, much, to your, much to your point, you know, we had a saying, you can't make the club in the tub. And more importantly, you know, when you're a young man and you're young on this football team, as you mentioned, that train moving, you know, they go out and sign guys like John Brown not to sit on the bench. And, and you know, I'm, I'm expecting him to step up and play a lot better because he had a couple drops in the, in the, the last week's game too. So, I mean, there's a lot of pressure on these young guys to, to be difference makers and to be difference makers right now because they need it. No question about it, but I'll tell you what, uh, when 83 is on the field, it's a whole different. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, we already know that. He missed, missed, you know, he missed that, you know, almost two weeks. Uh, He was out there today, and and the first pass that Derek Carr threw uh, was a touchdown pass to Darren Waller in the corner of the end zone, which was a thing of beauty. And then three plays later, another red zone drill. He cuts across the middle, uh, a bullet from, from Darren Carr or from Derek Carr for a touchdown. So, 83 is always, will will be, is, and always will be a big part of this offense. But you're right. Um, those young guys have to have to come along, and they got to create their own niche in the huddle. With Vinny Bonsignor, brought to you by Tequila and Bajador and Lincoln Kennedy, obviously. Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM on a great Wednesday. Interact with the show. Text Vinny and Lincoln on the Sam and Ash text line at 69187 or tweet them at Vinny Bonsignor and at LKennedy72. This is In the Huddle with Vinny Bonsignor and Lincoln Kennedy on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. Oh, yeah, you know, it's it's all fun. You know, this is this is when you can get your punches out, you know, the preseason. You cannot get away with a little bit extra. So, you know, tempers, tempers get flaring, and it is what it is. You know, people, you know, it's the first day going against somebody else. So, um, you know, things like that happen sometimes. Are you saying there's no fines involved? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You're not going to get kicked out of a game. You know, you can throw a couple punches here and there. So it is what it is. <laughs> That was Max Crosby, Raiders defensive end Max Crosby, today after uh, their joint practice against the Rams, which had its fair share of shenanigans. I'm going to just put that out there, um, which was always to be expected. And as Derek Carr talked about, uh, if you noticed, a lot of that was on special teams. Uh, and and what Derek told us was, you know, guys are literally fighting for their job uh, on special teams. So there were a whole bunch, of, and Max got into it a little bit later on about what he heard during some special teams periods where he was like at eight coaches screaming and yelling for no reason. I'm just like, Hey, everybody just chill, man. It's going to be okay. Uh, but it is what it is. And that's what happens um, in these types of situations. Uh, and it certainly happened between the Rams and, and Raiders uh, today, by the way, you're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor and Lincoln Kennedy, Raider nation radio, nine twenty AM on a, uh, on a Wednesday. And we're to go out and to, to, to figure out a different perspective of what we saw today, especially some of those skirmishes. And I know Sean McVay, um, from what I heard, wasn't exactly happy with that uh, end of things. We're going to go bring in, uh, go out to the Raider Nation guest line and bring in a very good friend of mine. Uh, she does a tremendous job covering the Rams for The Athletic. Um, she's a great writer. 
and uh, has a great mind for looking at things beyond just the obvious and coming up with great stories and great stories ideas. And uh, in addition to that, just covering the Rams uh, airtight. She does a great job. And it's Jordan uh, Rodrigue from the uh, from the Athletic. Jordan, I saw you uh, just a few hours ago out in uh, Thousand Oaks. Uh, thanks for spending some time with us in the huddle. Uh, what was Sean's reaction to uh, some of the shenanigans that happened today? Yeah, well, first of all, Ben, if I knew you were going to speak uh, with such high praise, which thank you so much, by the way, I would have given you two giant hugs when I saw you today. <laughs> we all deserve well, thank it, Jordan. You, so much. you know I appreciate that. You, you know saying that. that. Well, come, coming from you, it means the world, man, so I appreciate it. But, uh, yeah, on, on the converse, someone who did not take a delighted tone, you like that segue there, Vinny, uh, <laughs> someone who did not take a delighted tone was Sean McVay after practice. He actually had kind of a cool-down period, it seemed like, um, he went over and talked with, with Gruden and a couple other coaches out on the field um, for several minutes uh, after practice was over. And I think part of that, you know, I, I think that the Rams uh, want to get the physical stuff in, but I think on both sides of it, um, and not, not, of course, limited to Sean McVay maybe criticizing the Raiders, but both teams were kind of going at it uh, between whistles in various ways, whether it was like offense versus defense. Um, and yeah, that special team stuff. I mean, I kind of get the special team stuff, to be honest with yes. you, but the, the stuff on offense and defense between whistles, I think that was what they were more referring to because it just kind of, the, the way that McVeigh put it, it was just kind of turned into a little bit of a distraction in terms of some of the, some of the work they want to do. You know, th- these guys want to see each other's systems and, Particularly, I think the Raiders are wanting to see the Rams' defense, obviously, with that being so important with what Brandon Staley with the Chargers is, is going to be running. So I think that they, he thought, and, and this is what he and Gruden, from, according to him, communicated to each other, was that, yeah, that stuff, some of it's fine, and definitely I think the stuff on special teams is probably just what's going to happen, especially when some of those gunner drills get really tight down the sideline. But also, um, when it's specifically on offense and defense, I think they're going to try to uh, see if they can nip that in the bud. But also, you got to, the players have to agree to that. And I'm not sure they will after today. So. Yeah, that, it was, it got a little testy. There's, there's no question about it. And, you know, in, for, from our perspective, talking to Derek Carr about it, he's like, you know, it, it that's fine. It's just a, you know, it, it's, it's, don't get hurt. Doesn't want to see anybody get hurt, number one. Uh, and number two, you know, when it's veterans and, and there's respect, yeah, you might have, um, you know, a rep or two that goes a little bit awry. But where he draws the line is don't let it become something that happens the next play and the next play after that and the next play after right. that where it's just it becomes, uh, you know, uh, a, a point of we're not getting anything done here because we're spending more time breaking things up than getting on to the next play. So it seemed like after a while, that part of it got cleaned up a little bit. Uh, but, but I have to ask you knowing Sean um, and I know how competitive he is. There's days where his, his own defense gets the best of his offense and he's not that happy about it. You could tell afterwards that he would, that he's a little bit fired up uh, and, and about that, you know, just, just not having a great day offensively against his own defense. And, I just feel like the, the the Raiders defense had a good day against the Rams offense. How much do you think of what Sean was a little bit frustrated with might have also been a carryover of some things that he might not have seen that he wanted to see from his own offense? Yeah, you know, and it's a great point, Vinny. I think with Sean, you can tell exactly how frustrated, like what we, you know, what the thermometer says yes. at any point based on how much he's willing to 
sort of give away that's not totally bringing it on the uh, himself, you know, respect to the other team. They made a nice play. If he kind of deviates from that script, you can kind of start to see that it starts to leak out of him a little bit where, like, how frustrated he is. And in this case, the, the response was, you know, I asked directly about the interceptions. Matthew Stafford throws three interceptions. Um, Corey Littleton actually got one of them against his former team, obviously a different quarterback. Um, and, and it, you know, it was, it was interesting, a couple tips passes as well. And the response was immediately, well, we were installing new things. We were trying new things. You know, the one over the middle was a good play by the Raiders' defense. But tips passes, that's not really Matthew Stafford's fault. And, and so, to me, that tells me that he was pretty frustrated after the practice. And I think that it's great in practice to try things, and, and they were clearly doing that. I mean, some of the things that they were running in terms of some of the crossers and, and maybe some of the motions, and then also some of the ways that they were constructing things in the middle of the field, like a little bit, you know, you could tell there was a little bit of a new flavor on some of that that they hadn't so far done as, as they start to prepare for really what they're going to run this season um, out of the basic install. And so I, I think that it's a, you know, a credit to both teams for trying things in that way, for being aggressive in different ways, not just for Matthew actually trying to make the difficult throw and seeing what his window is, testing out against a good linebacker. You know, what is my window here? What, how far, how can I, how much can I get away with this basically <laughs> against a good defense is basically what he seemed to be trying out today. So it doesn't take away from the interceptions, but I think it is, if you really think about it, a little bit of a nod to respect from both sides because Matthew's like, Hey, I'm facing a good defense. Yeah, I'm going to see, see how far I can push the envelope against this defense and the Raiders are like man we're coming after you with everything we got and we're going to make your day pretty long and they did so I think that it was uh you know you take out the skirmishes and the scuffles and the extracurriculars and I do think that it was a really good measuring stick for both of those guys not just testing what a quarterback will do against you as a defense but also testing what you can do against a defense that is very looks very athletic looks pretty good so far um in my very limited view of what they've been doing um, and I think it was a good measuring stick in that way on both sides. Well, Jordan, this is Lincoln. Could you share with us what you took your greatest takeaway from today's practice, joint practices? Then? Yeah, I mean, I think, uh, well, the Rams are not running their defense fully. It was right. my main takeaway. <laughs> and it also was my main takeaway from, um, from the, the Cowboys joint practice. And I think that's a little bit of Sean McVay's paranoia because the Cowboys practice was broadcasted on a live, live stream and this one was not, and they still went pretty vanilla with it. But I think it, it, it tells you, um, when you play against a team that sort of uh, fills, the, fills your gaps, fills sort of maybe your problem areas in ways that are advantageous to them, and probably vice versa, uh, you could start to see where the areas of concern, like immediate attention, might be. So for me, it was like, you know, the Rams did not do a whole ton of what I think they're going to do in the season, which is spread it out wide and throw the ball downfield as much as possible. Um, but they did show a couple of ways that maybe they're going to try to be uh, intricate in the middle of the field if they do get defenses to bite on that first part. On the converse, my big takeaway was I'm a little concerned about uh, some of the, the carryover in the secondary particularly. I never worry about Jalen Ramsey. I never worry about Darius Williams. I don't really worry about the safeties, Jordan Fuller and Terrell Burgess and Taylor Rapp. I worry a little bit about some of the younger corners, some of the depth. David Long um, was supposed to come over and help uh, bump over onto an out-and-up by Hunter Renfro. 
Jalen Ramsey was playing in the slot and is supposed to cover the flat and not take the up. David Long is supposed to come down and cover that part. Um, didn't happen. So those types of things. David Long had a long day against the Cowboys as well. So I think when you those types of things, those red flags sort of get exposed a little bit, those are my main takeaways from, from what happened. And also that the Rams need to have maybe a little more coffee before they come out to a morning practice. <laughs> well, uh, that's a great point. We're talking to Jordan uh, Rodrigue from uh, the Athletic. She covers the Rams, does an excellent job uh, as the beat writer for the Athletic. Uh, it's an interesting point you just break, uh, bring up because it was actually late for the Raiders. We normally... Uh, are out on the field at 7.30 in the morning uh, in, in Las Vegas to beat the Heat. Not that you ever can, uh, but they do their best to say, you know, one step ahead of the, the Heat posse. Uh, so their practices are at 7.30. 10.30 is when they're usually wrapping up practice. So they were right in their wheelhouse, whereas, uh, as Jordan points out, they usually practice at, what, 3, 3.30 still? Dude, four. Yeah, it's like nine hours later. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. I was like, oh, man, these guys are miserable this morning. <laughs> Comes in, and then it rained. They were like, oh, right, no, it, it this did is rain. California, guys. We're allowed. Which, we, this is California. We should be able to roll in whenever we want, and it should be sunny. <laughs> and I, here's the thing. I'm going to tell you right now. I've, I've, I, I lived at that facility for, you know, three, four years. I've never seen a day like today, ever. I have not seen a day like today, uh, especially in the morning, uh, and especially this time years so you talk about a welcome reprieve for a bunch of Raiders that were happy to be out of the heat uh, that fired them up uh, as well it, uh, the, the Raiders were more than willing to get out there and work and compete uh, in in those conditions but Jordan you bring up a really good point about that secondary and um, to me I think and I, and I know they feel good about their young safeties without question uh, as they should they've invested uh, picks over the last couple of years uh, on that at that safety position understanding that they probably weren't going to be able to keep everybody back there. But one guy in particular that they lost that I think is a sneaky big loss. I know you know that this is a this is a big loss, but I, I, I sometimes think that John Johnson got overlooked in the whole scheme of things when you talk about the Rams defense because of the star power that is there. But he was a huge asset uh, on the back end of their defense. And not, to not have John back there, I think it's going to be an adjustment that might take a little while for, for that to all come together. Yeah, because John really could negotiate traffic so well. And he, like, if he had to pick up, pick you up and physically move you into position, he would do it. Like, that's, that's the thing that was so crucial. The thing that I think, and you know this, Min, but like, you know, it's, it's still maybe a little bit under notice about what the Rams were able to do last year with that defense. They installed it virtually they had two weeks of running that de uh, the defense that did not look like anything that any of them had ever played in before and that did not look like anything anyone else in the league was doing they installed it all on zoom and then in two weeks of training camp with no preseason and john johnson was part of the reason they were able to do that and it's a complicated defense and it asks more of its secondary than what they had previously run and it depends more on the way that it schemes its secondary to do exactly the types of things that I just brought up with that out and up. It's, it's like a very much a, a singular entity ebb and flow secondary that tries to flip a mathematical advantage the offense creates back onto an advantage for the defense. And it does that because it bumps its corners around. And that's the part of the, the issue is that John Johnson's going to tell you where you need to be, like hash mark and everything. And I think that, you know, with Jordan Fuller now calling signals, he is such a promising, promising player. He started sixth-round pick at Ohio State, started as a rookie, beat out Taylor Rapp for that second safety position, and then 
impressed enough in such a complicated system that he is now calling the defensive signal and doing a very, very good job. But at the same time, you, you've got other guys who don't, some other guys who don't have a lot of playing experience, including David Long. And so there's a learning curve, especially assuming that role. There is such a learning curve that goes into that. And I think that that's what you're seeing right now in sort of these dog days of camp preseason is where the discrepancies are and how far uh, it still needs to come along. Because it's certainly not a knock on Jordan Fuller. It's just that John Johnson did so much more. And then I know you saw it. It's so much more than I think what people realize. Jordan, last one for me. Um, you know, there's a lot of expectations, high expectations in the NFC of this Rams team, especially since they got Matthew Stafford. So I hear you're, you're talking about the learning curve and getting things installed and seeing where this team is. Are you as high as some of the other people around the, around the country that this is, a, this is going to be a very capable team in a tough division? Yeah, I do. I, I do think, I, I think I've seen enough of these guys and specifically what Matthew Stafford can do behind, you know, at the helm of this offense and particularly in collaboration with McVay as a play caller. I, I think I've seen enough to um, believe the hype, for lack of a better phrase. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the things that he can do, um, arm angles and pocket manipulation and leveraging and, um, you know, just the things he does with his eyes and his, his brain in, you know, as the play is, is unfolding, not just before. Like, it, those things are so important. And, um, he, you know, he has the arm talent as well and, that you know, is, is the leader, uh, the collaborative leader that they are looking for as well. And so I do think that there is a potential for some special things to happen with this group. The thing is, though, is are you, are you going to be in a constant learning curve the first, you know, four, five, six weeks of the season before you see things click into place? You even saw it. You saw it with Aaron Rodgers his first time with LaFleur. You saw it even with Tom Brady last year up until about week, week 10. Right. And I think that, that that's the big question to me. It's how long does it take for you to be on the wave instead of like trying to catch the wave? And I think that that's going to be the, the main thing with Matthew Stafford because it is a complicated offense, and it, it's all about you hear the, the phrase so often, it's quarterback friendly, but it does ask a lot of the quarterback, and they are certainly asking a lot of this quarterback. Jordan, uh, I don't, I'm not sure what uh, preconceived ideas you had uh, of the Raiders, uh, them rolling into town. Uh, but and I know that it's hard uh, as a reporter when you're covering one team, you're specifically looking at that team. But any takeaways from what you saw uh, of, of a Raiders team that seems to be moving in the right direction uh, uh, with their roster? Yeah, I, I really liked what their receivers were able to do. Um, I think that their receivers, uh, again, this is like very just, brief look. Uh, I did watch a lot of Renfro in, in, uh, back when I covered the Panthers because obviously he was at Clemson and was very underrated back then as well. Um, but I like the sort of um, unspoken cadences that they have with each other. And then I think this defense plays with a lot of joy, honestly. It just really seems like that. Maybe it was seeing Gerald McCoy. I covered him in Carolina. Seeing him just like in the best good. mood of, of anybody on the planet, that guy shows up to practice in the best mood. And, and and then the defense, to me, just played with a lot of speed and a lot of joy. And I think that's really important this time of year. Well, uh, trust me when I say that was very rarely the case last year. It was, and it looks <laughs> night and day from last year. We'll see if it translates uh, onto the grass. And I'm with you. Gerald McCoy, in the short time that he's been with the Raiders, has just been a breath of fresh air. What a cool dude. Uh, an impressive guy, that is. He, he took over the press room one day. And I... 
that's where we all wanted to go run out and hit the blocking sled and, and go make a play because <laughs> he had us fired up. So I can only imagine what he's doing uh, inside the locker room for his for his new teammates. We'll see if, if he's got anything left in the tank. If so, uh, it's going to be a big help for the Raiders. Uh, Jordan, thank you so much for spending some time with us in the huddle. I'll see you back out at Thousand Oaks uh, to, uh, tomorrow. Uh, get back to work. Uh, you do a great job, and uh, thanks a lot for spending some time with us today. Thanks, guys. My pleasure. See you tomorrow, Vin. Thanks, you got Jordan. it. That is Jordan Rodriguez. She covers the Rams for The Athletic, and she does a tremendous job. And, and I know just – I'm sure if you're listening, uh, she, she's on top of things and, and knows what to look for uh, and has a very unique perspective on the team that, that, that she covers. And uh, uh, so it was, it, was, it was nice to hear from the other side, so to speak. Uh, and get uh, the perspective from the Rams after day one of joint practices. You're listening to Raider Nation Radio, 920 a.m. on a Wednesday. You're in the huddle with Vinnie Bonsignor and Lincoln Kennedy, brought to you by Tequila and Bajra. Interact with the show. Text Vinny and Lincoln on the Sam and Ash text line at 69187 or tweet them at Vinny Bonsignor and at LKennedy72. This is In the Huddle with Vinny Bonsignor and Lincoln Kennedy on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. Right back out to the Raider Nation listener line. Rich is on the line. How you doing, Rich? Oh, excuse me. Tim. Tim is in the... Hey, Vinny. How's it going, Tim? Good, Lincoln. Big fan. Appreciate it, man. Love, Thank uh, you. Love what you did, man. Back for the for the team, for the for the nation. Um, no, Vinny, it's good. Uh, just wanted to call in. I, I enjoy the show. Um, I I enjoy reading uh, your tweets today. It was nice to hear the team look good. You know, it, it is a scrimmage, but um, I was curious to know what you thought. You know, of the linebacking core. You know, last year, I mean, we had some issues with the pass, but I feel like they they lacked in the run game. I don't know if they do a lot of run plays in the scrimmages, but how did you feel about, you know, the linebackers? Who stood out? Who didn't stand out? I noticed Gruden in his conference mentioned, you know, when he was asked how Muse did, he kind of just emphasized he was good at special teams and said he made some good plays on defense. And then how was our uh, running back crew? How was uh, Kenyon Drake? How was he looking? Yeah, you know, as, as far as the uh, as far as the uh, the defense, the linebackers in particular, um, to me, the whole group just looks better than they did last year. And I think Jordan uh, Rodriguez, who we just had on from the Athletic, and she covers the Rams. Uh, I think she hit the nail on the head in her short time watching uh, the Raiders' defense today. They play with a joy, and I equate that with playing with confidence. Um, number one, I think there's just better players uh, on this team, especially on that defensive line. Number two, I think Gus Bradley and the system that he's brought in uh, is a is a system that these players are not only buying into, uh, but they uh, believe in and they have a command of. And so when you watch this defense, and this is from day one of training camp, it carried over to the game on Saturday. I know it was just second-string players, and it was a dummy-down uh, game plan uh, against a team that nobody game-planned for in the Seattle Seahawks. But when you see the type of energy that they're playing with and really confidence in terms of being where they need to be and you know just getting after it and playing high energy and instinctually, I think you're starting to see that this defense across the board and at all three levels is playing with a confidence and a command 
hand that they just didn't really have last year. And especially Lincoln, you and I talked about this yesterday in key moments when they needed to play with the most confidence, when they needed to be connected, the most secure and tightest third downs late in games is that's when they fell apart the most. That's when they didn't have any of what we're talking about uh, going on for them. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, it's, it, it, it's going to be a long season. It's going to be a long preseason as well. You got to want to come through it healthy and more importantly, want to make sure that everybody grasps the concept because week one starts on primetime TV against a good football team, which is a good measuring stick. So take full advantage of what you can do uh, when you're practicing against the Rams and we'll see what happens this weekend. Uh, I, I mean, I don't, I don't you know, think the starters are going to play that much, but hey, I could be wrong. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah, and, and that's why t- today and tomorrow is so valuable. The starters are playing and uh, this is when you're going to see the Rams starters against the the, the, the Raiders starters in, in a controlled kind of situation. Lots of different uh, dyna- lots of different settings, um, lots of different s- scenarios. Um, you know, I saw you know uh, Sean McVay coming over to the Raiders defensive sideline to confer with Gus Bradley and saying, "Hey, uh, can we do this? You know, I got two more, uh, uh, two or three more plays. You know, out of out of uh, uh, twelve personnel." Uh, you know, just so that his defense could set up against a 12 personnel offense. So they were working together to create scenarios and situations that they wanted to work in and get work against uh, an opposing team. So that's why that's so valuable. I don't expect uh, many of the starters to play long on Saturday, if at all. Although I do expect Marcus Mariota. Now, you know, the Raiders are back down to three quarterbacks. I think Marcus Mariota, that's a signal that Marcus Mariota is good to go, and he has been practicing uh, the last couple of days, so uh, that's a good sign. So maybe he'll get maybe the first half uh, of Saturday's game. I think that'll be great for him and and great for Raider Nation to be able to see Marcus Mariota. Also, as far as the linebackers, uh, Nick Kwiatkowski for the second straight day uh, did not practice. I saw him on the sidelines. Uh, He was not dressed out or anything like that, but he looked like he was in good spirits, so not quite sure what the injury is this time of year. Teams don't you know, reveal or play any cards in terms of of injuries. But he was walking around okay, moving around okay, uh, and looked to be in good spirits. So something happened in the game on Saturday against the Seahawks. Not quite sure what, uh, but he's been out of practice the last couple of days. So he wasn't out there. But otherwise, I mean, Corey Littleton came up with an interception. Um, Tanner Muse has been playing well. Uh, I think Javin White seems to have taken a step forward uh, in his maturation and, and his development. And I think Nicholas Morrow – has, is building off of what he did last year when, you know, he's arguably by the end of the year, the best Raiders uh, linebacker. So uh, that seems to have carried over, but again, not just the linebackers, the defensive line, the secondary, there's just a new energy about this Raiders defense right now. And, and you're starting to see it more and more. I know Derek Carr spoke about it today and he's like, look, I'm trying to stay as cautiously optimistic as possible. I don't want to get too excited, but when you see, things that he's seeing and what happened today uh, over uh, on the defensive side of the the field against the Rams first team offense. It's hard. And he, you know, Derek Carr said, he's like, obviously if you're paying attention, there's something cooking here, uh, both sides of the ball, offensively and defensively. And and these are adjectives and ways that guys are talking. Uh, And I know I just got a text from somebody uh, from the Raiders, uh, you know, kind of expounding on, on today. And, And it's, and it's, it's words, Lincoln, that I, that I didn't hear last year very often. Uh, in fact, last year, and I mentioned this a lot during the offseason, last year, Lincoln, even when the Raiders were 6-2, six 6-3, and two, six and three, whatever their high water mark was, the feedback that I was getting, Lincoln, was 
There's so much work to be done. There's so many areas that, you know, we still need to address. The defensive line, forcing more turnovers. There was an acknowledgement, even when they were playing well, six and two, six and three, that we got a lot of work to do this offseason. And they've, they've closed some of those gaps, you know, with what they've done in the offseason, Lincoln. Well, we've got to go to break right now, but we can talk about it on the other side. Absolutely. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor, brought to you by Tequila Embajador, Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. 